0: Welcome to Bonehead Weekly. I'm so happy we could be back together a week this week to fellowship with you all. Did you really just fellowship? Yeah, yeah. So I work. Well, I used to work. (laughs) god damn this is depressing I used to but
1: work Dad, with i've got a question now when you say fellowship are you gonna are we gonna pass the hat in a minute because that's well, okay. every time fellowship so comes there's up. an
0: there's somebody who's a high level administrator says it all the time and i used to work with these folks that got really pissed about them pushing their christian beliefs on everybody and i just wanted to put that out there and i it never really I, to me i just thought it was annoying i never really saw it as that i don't know what do you all think yeah i i think uh but it is kind of I mean it's not about our topic. I just like bringing things up and talking about uh talking work, about work some of the you. stuff that laughs happens in our lives. So.
1: Work through, oh, by the way, I now I haven't worked it into an episode recently, but yeah. I I heard a I was reading about my my hero Harlan Ellison the other day and I have a lot li- I ha- heard a line he used that I've never heard before and I've read most of his stuff so I was shocked. Chad, do you mind if I use you as a guinea pig? Sure. Chad, do wee you know wee how... Wee I... wee wee wee. Do guinea wee pigs actually make that sound, or is that home. normal pigs?
2: It's more like really high-pitched, and yeah. I can't
0: wee do wee high-pitched. Let well, me do this hard analysis Especially I when it was buffalo in the anal cavity. Yeah.
1: I think we all need to work this into our insult repertoire. Chad, do you know how I know that ignorance isn't bliss? Hell... Because you're not walking around in a state of constant orgasm.
0: I would have uh, said euphoria, actually. I think euphoria works better there the, than orgasm.
2: And here's the thing, James. Well, that's most because people you've used, never most experienced of the
0: things,
1: an
0: orgasm. <laughs> <laughs>
2: no most of the you one with me too. has ever experienced an <laughs>
1: orgasm. Touche. Touche. Huh?
2: Most of the people you probably wouldn't get know, know what you were saying. Oh, About euphoria or orgasm? Well, he anything every the whole thing all they would hear is orgasm and they would <laughs> yeah that's where you go
0: <laughs> do you really make sounds like you should go to a doctor it <laughs> i mean i think you're all actually pooping say, a little bit all, when that happens all
2: i can say is when it hits the fan oh it's just even a bigger
0: mess are you talking about when you poop because that's clearly not the sound of an <laughs> orgasm <laughs> plop plop i have, I have tons of Chad went have to all make... over the fan again give what <laughs> constant state of euphoria i oh hate my. to uh, i hate to 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 change a wordsmiths uh, but yes anyway well that that's, that's a good insult I a seven i brought a please my side gig i, I brought a 7 year old on stage to tell a joke this past weekend in Owensboro. By the way, if you're in Owensboro, I know there are several cards I handed out. If you're in Owensboro listening to this, thank you so much for the lovely time. You were a fantastic crowd. Smaller crowd than we usually deal with, but also a lovely people. And Chad... I didn't like any of you. Three or four... You weren't there. Three or four blocks of that place is beautiful. It's all at the convention center, but three or four blocks of that place is It really beautiful. is, You gotta
1: start somewhere.
0: It is. It is. It is. It's great, but The little girl, her name is Raylan, and I want to tell her joke. May I tell her joke? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Here we go.
2: Little goth brat.
0: She's not goth. Ready? Why did the chicken cross the road? Well, because. (laughs) Pretty good. That's pretty good. I, I laughed my ass off. So I actually had Raven. two actors waiting in the wings, and I brought her up on stage. I was like, so at the first of the video, you can hear me go, no, hold them there. Those are the stars behind the door while I get a seven-year-old to tell the <laughs> joke. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. And then the jokes across through the rest of the night, because she also went to the cosplay contest and people were making comments. I was like, no, no, I have no idea. I'd never met her mother eight years ago. So... We, this week, lost a couple of people that we would like to take a second and talk about. And this is going to be a little bit of a serious part of the show. James is going. James and Chad are going to talk about one. All three of us are going to talk about the first one, if you don't mind, if I go first with Jeff Burr. Jeff Burr. Well, you didn't even give us a chance to say yes or no. You just went Jeff Burr. Jeff Burr. I'm sorry. You couldn't even listen to check. I was driving back from Florida and we passed Dalton, Georgia, and I will never the rest of my life not go by Dalton, Georgia, and not think of Jeff Burr because it's where he's from and Mm -hmm. it's where he died and that he lived the last part of his life taking care of his family. Right, gentlemen? Yeah. I think it was his mom. And I will say this, that one of, and this is not the reason I liked him, but one of our still- People think, oh, you get those interviews. So I love getting the interviews. I know Mick Strawn, our friend, doesn't like them unless he's the one being interviewed and being on the show, doesn't like him. And he's
2: all and he's responsible for bo- helping us book a large portion of some of our best episodes. Including Jeff Burr. Including Jeff Burr.
0: Who was a hard to get person because yeah. he wasn't necessarily all he had a lot of friends, but he wasn't necessarily always doing interviews. Right. He did it for Mick. And I can never think Mick. He enough. was very humble. He. Yeah, he was
2: very humble. He didn't think really, you know, his work was yeah. overly important. But to movie fans, especially in the era when he was making those movies, those movies were amazing to us. I mean, uh, the two Puppet Master movies that he did are my two favorite Puppet Master films. And I told him, that. I mean, I love his work.
0: Stepfather Part 2. Two. Leather which actually I don't care for, but the poor bastard was hired at the last end, and I know a lot of people love it.
1: Well, and he worked with icons, right? He worked with Vincent Price. That's all Mm -hmm. I have to say. And And
0: we
2: got the the great story of the paintings.
0: Yep. So, but what I was going to say is, if you actually go and... You look at YouTube, and you please don't. But if you do or you listen or watch us on YouTube and you rank us by the popular, most of our most popular episodes actually aren't the interviews. The most popular interview we ever did was with Jeff Burr. Yeah. And it's the one where we got a couple of people saying, yeah, Jeff Burr. And it's not even that. He was just so damn nice. He and... was. And what happened was is we had been invited to hang out. And come down and COVID happened. Yep. Same thing with Kurtzman. Right? Yep. We're in the middle of COVID. We couldn't go down. And we hit it off and we got along great. Back and forth on social media. And I just wanted to take a minute to say he never made an Oscar winning picture or anything that would be an Oscar winning picture. And to say that all of his movies are fantastic would be an absolute lie. But I met him before I ever actually, we ever got to interview him accidentally at a convention in Cincinnati. I can't remember if it was Indiana. I think it was Indianapolis at uh, Horror Helm. I don't think it was Cincinnati. And he taught me a joke that I'm always going to remember telling the late Richard Lynch when they were going back and forth about <laughs> how they should hang out. And he said, he told Richard Lynch or Richard Lynch said, I think I'm a little Quinta or La Quinta or however how you say it. And Jeff Burr looking at him and go, you know what that means in Spanish, right? What? Near the Denny's. So I got to tell I, for now, 15 years, however how many years later, never see La Quinta or Denny's without thinking of near the Denny's.
2: So I got to tell a story about this real quick.
0: I went to Vegas
2: a couple of weeks ago. And so I didn't care about the gambling or anything like that, but. but um, did a lot of it. No, I didn't do. I barely did any.
0: He
1: was um, there for the brothels, and you know it.
0: So I will cocaine. say this: cocaine.
1: I
2: had two top goals of going to Vegas. The main reason was I want to I've bucket list to see Penn and Teller.
0: Unfortunately, Penn,
2: unfortunately, Penn and Teller wasn't there that week. They were off. Um, so I went to my second, and that was to see Carrot Top. And by the way, any fucker who says that Carrot Top isn't funny needs to get a sense of humor. Carrot Top is hilarious.
0: But this isn't another
2: fucking prop act. <laughs> but no. <laughs> in uh, one of the thing, in 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 the middle of his act he did that joke near the dannings yeah he said uh he was up there he, t- he mentioned that he was up there do, um uh he went to austin to do uh jeff joe rogan's podcast because him and a real our good friends and he talked about it, he was making jokes about how you know they were throwing all this money at him, and they really weren't. And that he, you know, they paid for his hotel, but his hotel was was at La Quinta Inn. And he goes, and I don't know if y'all know what La Quinta means. It means near a Denny's.
0: I'm like, fucking Jeff Burr told us that joke. So who stole it from who? I don't know. They're both now dead. We can't ask either yeah. one of them. Carrot Top Wait. got killed by a prop. No, he didn't.
1: <laughs> it was a plane. It was a prop plane. No, yep. it was was it Damn the plane? Prop. The plane. Um, but by the way. It, Equally, well, I won't say equally because it's tragic all the way no, around. No, it's equal. I mean, it's it's no, no. So well, bad. Jeff Burr your was only sixty. Yes, and just to, I that's not young, young. It, it's over. What's the joke somebody made? It's over the age where people go, oh,
0: oh, what a tragedy. You, yeah. What, like, what, by the time you're in your late fifties, maybe sixty, people stop saying, "What a tragedy."
1: Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, it's early, but it's not. Surprise! But he was only sixty. But the amount of stuff like he gave a sequel to Pumpkinhead. He gave us, and it may not be your cup of tea. But I didn't realize that they made Leatherface, aka Texas Chainsaw Massacre Three, mm-hmm. on a budget of two million dollars, and it went on to make six million dollars. Now, not that does in 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 the hundred million dollar world that we live in, that's not much. But if you make a movie and it triples its budget. That's good, yeah. especially if it's what would effectively have been during that time. What a subgenre, really.
0: Well, it, it's one of those where the movies. kind of, It had it, the problem with Leatherface is that the that the trailer was so much better than the actual what happened. And then the and Nick and by the way, Mick Strawn has talked about this. You know, Jeff, the original director got fired at the eleventh hour, and they hired Jeff Burr, and, and that's a that's a thankless position,
1: right.
0: And it's not like you get to change things. And then that movie was chopped or cut up, I guess. But inch, forgive the pun with most of the gore cut out of it. It's just an unfortunate thing. But Jeff Burr made some good movies. Not of the Scarecrow.
2: Yeah, that was one of the ones. That's I the one thought.
0: everybody loves.
2: And that's the one I had a fond memory of because, I'm. I mean, I told we were talking about that during the episode. And I talked about how much of a cult following it has and how many people love that movie.
0: He didn't. Believe he just
2: refute. He didn't believe me. He said, the, "Oh no, you're confusing that with what was it? The 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 town that dreaded sunrise because it had oh, kind of had the or similar
0: scarecrows. There's another one called scarecrow. I think, but
2: scarecrow. it was like they had the similar poster. Mm-hmm. I think it was the town that dreaded sunrise, but I was like, no,
0: Did Jeff,
1: sundown. The town oh, that dreaded sundown.
0: Maybe I dreaded See, the
1: town that. Oh, we need to. We need to the, pause this right now. Don't let our ID. We need to write the town that dreaded sunrise. It's a bunch of vampires that live in condominiums." Oh, yeah. did I
2: say Sunrise? Yes, yeah. you did. I'm sorry. I'm going to say Sundown. Um, No, but yeah, he was sitting there and refused to believe that we loved that film and that there's a large group of people who love that film. And I mean, it's, it just goes to, and he was, he's very humble. And yeah, it's, it's a shame that he's gone.
1: So. Which brings us to the next one. Yeah. That we've lost. You and want this, to start, Chad?
2: This one hit us hard, too. Uh, well me and james joe joe didn't know who joe he went was
1: who is that why <laughs> are you bothering me well, I, I will call the law on you
2: i mean we lost uh this year we've lost two icons in comic books uh you know we we just lost uh, george perez a, a, about a month ago i think now james
1: yeah um yeah.
2: but today uh, as we're recording this episode it was announced that keith geffen has left this mortal coil um who was truly um, just one of these amazing people in comic book history who uh, has a has a huge mark on the way comic books are written.
1: Well, and, and to a point, it's a shame because I just realized what I would have loved to have happen in an ideal world. If we lived in a perfect world, I would love to have a panel with Geffen, the also late great Bernie Wrightson. And Pete Von Cali, because I didn't know Giffen was also. <laughs> I, I was wrong. Connected... George, Perez,
2: George Perez died last year. I thought he just died recently. Um, I'm sorry.
1: Uh, Giffen also did storyboard arts for shows like The Real Ghostbusters and Ed Ed and Eddie. He took a break from comics to work in storyboarding for several years. So if you like The Real Ghostbusters, you you probably need to give. And what was funny about Geffen as an artist. I don't know. I don't know if you know this, chat or if you were aware that he had controversy for years. And some people think that's why he started going and doing storyboard artist work because he could mimic anybody else's art. Oh, really? And he got in trouble because he got really inspired by this other artist, and he started making his art look exactly like that artist. And the artist himself never can't complained, but like it was really popular. In let me find the year that it happened. 1986, uh, there was an article in the Comics Journal called The Trouble with Keith Giffen, and it was, they basically looked at him and said that he was starting to imitate other people's art so much uh, because they said he, he drew like Jim Starlin, who Joe does know, and uh, in did interview. interview. Uh, and then Have I? he started, he start, yeah, a couple times, I think. Um,
0: Bless him. They all go together like voice actors.
1: Uh, and then he, uh, and then his art started because he really saw this other guy's art, and he got, he went, oh, that's awesome, and it started to influence his art. And then he was also part of, the, uh, I believe he was uh, technically one of the founders of Image too, right?
0: I think the so. Trencher,
1: yeah, the Trencher didn't last long because it took a long time to do it, and it was a very unique style of art. But Trencher was his creation there.
2: Yeah. um, And Keith Geffen, uh, the three things that I know him most for, um, the first one is he was responsible for basically leading uh, the, for creating the Justice League International, um, which A, gave us uh, our first real, gave us a real large introduction into Booster Gold, uh, gave us, uh, gave Guy Gardner, uh, one of the better Green Lanterns, um, you know, gave us a lot of, to deal with a lot of him in the comic books, but it, it, it got a lot of criticism because it, it focused more on the yucks and not taking itself seriously. It was, it was always a joke. And that's one thing about Keith Giffen's writing is there was always humor. He's also responsible for a large portion of the Lobo comic books. um, And basically molding Lobo as DC comics, premier anti-hero anti-hero um, and I am looking forward to seeing hopefully DC doesn't mess up the movie that they're planning on doing Uh side note. I, I actually do think it's, if, if, if Jason Momoa gets that role, he is born for that role. He was never born for Aquaman. Y'all can leave comments. I don't care. Uh, well, but also, say, also too, just real quick, uh, he did write a great ambush bug series, but go ahead, James.
1: Well, I was going to say he also did was involved in a lot of stuff for charity. Um, I don't know if y'all know this in the 1980s, there was a period where everybody was trying to figure out how to feed the hungry and DC, I believe it was DC did heroes for hunger. Uh, And uh, he, he was the one behind that, but he worked for Marvel. He worked for DC. He did Drax, the destroyer. If you're a guardian of the galaxy fan, he's the one that did the limited series of that for Marvel. Uh, He was just all over the place in that way. And it's just one of those things that he worked for so many different companies, Valiant, Marvel, DC, Epic, all these different companies. And if you don't know comics, those may not mean anything to you, but it's really rare to see somebody. And yet I would argue that he never became a well-known name either, which is kind of tragic in its own right. Like uh, if, if he, you were a comic he, fan, you might know. You
2: it. know, you know, Keith Giffen, if you knew comic books, but yeah. Um, yeah. um and we'll wrap up and go to our topic, but I will say this: if you if you really want a, a great introduction into Keith Giffen, I really strongly recommend uh reading a six-issue limited series that came out in the early 2000s uh called Formally Known as the Justice League, where it's all the it's a few members of the uh of the uh Justice League International who are basically kind of limited to being not much of anything. Uh, and them forming a superhero for hire company. Uh, it mm-hmm. it's 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 a it's a funny series. It's well written. It has a great story. Just and, highly recommend checking that out.
1: And I'll flip this to a Marvel example because he wrote and drew this one. He was a penciler on it as well. And because it's Halloween or nearing Halloween, um, Marvel Monsters Where Monsters Dwell was a one shot that he did in two thousand five. And if you like old school monster comics, it was his chance to bring a lot of those back and say, what are they doing now? What, you know, what would that be? What if we, if monster comics hadn't died away, the the supernatural, what would that look like? So that's, that's what I would throw out as well to check out, especially given this time of year.
2: Okay. So Jeff Burr, Keith Giffen, um, we'll miss you. Yeah. Thank you for everything you did for us.
0: Yeah. All right. So not to change the subject, we'll go into something. This is part sixteen of what Bar, Bar fight Fights. and gentlemen, I, I hope you all have a lot to add to this one. I can't believe there's some that I'm
2: putting on here, Joe. I don't know how you're not coming up with these on your on your list. Because I'm I dead don't...
0: inside. Yeah, I, I was because he,
1: he stayed all night at the bars fighting, and he's punch drunk.
0: I didn't fight anybody. Although you both are very lucky, I was. I was. What's the word? I wasn't quite Kevin Shelton, shelting it, it but at uh, 1 a.m., I didn't understand Saturday, Well, I guess it was early Sunday morning, why everyone wasn't answering my text who was down there. I didn't bother texting people who weren't in the half mile radius. So you're yeah. all welcome.
2: I just put my phone on vibrate, so I wouldn't have answered it till the morning. Anyway. Yeah, as well. <laughs> you put it on
0: vibrate and place it somewhere sensitive.
2: Yeah, right between the hole.
0: Yeah between the beehole, hole
2: yeah think about it no
0: <laughs> not going to one little bit so um chad
2: man um i don't know where to start because i'm surprised that
0: it, you don't have any is that what you're telling us i am going to work on it as we go but i don't okay. have a ton all right well um and i'm okay. sorry i talked no, about the ones just, i like no you didn't that's what kills me <laughs> but i even mentioned this in the first episode if you've seen one western ballroom fight ballroom fight that's even better why didn't we do one on ballroom fighting (laughs)
2: oh man
0: that needs to be episode 672 i've got one yeah go ahead ghostbusters Mm, Was slimer yeah it's in a ballroom
1: it isn't a ballroom. He's got you there. It isn't, yeah, but a that's a
0: ballroom. That's not necessarily a bar. That's where they're having the buffet. No, no. But
1: you said you said we should do an episode on ballroom ballroom
0: brawls, which
2: is Ghostbusters. Hmm. What's us do an shit. episode
0: on <laughs> Ghostbusters
1: again. Uh, no, I've got an entire subgenre no, let's, let's, that let's... I can talk about. Hey, that everybody, that I bet neither one of you is going to touch. Uh, well, let me. I'll go Who ahead
2: and do might, mine. I'd in the say years. I'd go first. Who cares? Uh, i'm I'm gonna do the this one is it's because it's so serious and what happens in it uh i gotta talk about the ninth configuration oh
0: yeah that's a good one one of william no one uh, ever brings that one up that's not on any list you can find i know and that's what
2: kills me and it's so the ninth configuration is william peter blatty who wrote the exorcist it's his it's only one. Of, if it's, is, didn't he only do? Is it how many films does he
0: have in his arsenal? Exorcist three um, and with the ninth configuration. Ninth configuration, which is based on Tinker Tanker. What's the what's the name of the book? I can't remember. I'm blanking. I'm going to have to look. Will you keep talking while I look? Yeah, it up. Um, but no, it's uh
2: it's one of those movies that not a lot of people know, and I always encourage Twinkle people... Twinkle Killer Kane. No. Yeah, that's that sounds right because the character, the main character's name is Kane. Um. Yeah. But uh. Um, you read Setter K? Yeah, it's Twinkle Twinkle Killer Kane. Um, for our listeners, if you have not watched the Ninth Configuration, stop what you're doing. Uh, pull. Uh, grab a drink, sit down, and watch the Ninth Configuration. I believe it. You can watch it on the the free streaming service Tubi. Uh, but it's about this man who's trying to uh control a mental institution. Yep. Um by letting the patients pick out whatever they want to do Mm -hmm. um but the final scene is a bar fight that is absolutely and i'm not giving anything away because i don't want to ruin that for you all it is dark as hell
0: yeah um
2: there's not it's not like full-blown action like all the ones we've talking about it's subtle it's slow and it gets it's very very intense and it just keeps building i mean. Uh, we just mentioned, oh my God, guys! We just mentioned the man, uh, Jeff Burr LaQuinta in.
0: Yeah. Um, oh, Richard. Um, she, Richard Lynch. Richard Lynch
2: is yeah. the 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 main baddie in the bar, and mm-hmm. he's evil as hell in this movie. Um, and it and the the interactions between him and Stacy Keach and the other characters in in this bar, are truly terrifying um so i again i highly recommend the ninth configuration um i don't i've i think i've mentioned it once on an episode a long time ago we talked about it yeah yeah but for our
0: technically a, a, a very 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 past the ether sequel to the exorcist
2: yeah and you know when i was a kid like nobody carried this movie uh no, I, I didn't
0: been, see it till two years ago Chad. yeah
2: i saw it in high school from a friend who you know went to this video this obscure video store in a, a bigger city um and that was the only place that carried this movie so and i saw it from him and i loved it and then i could never find a copy until like 20 years later james
1: i'm going to talk about Probably one of the barroom brawls that neither of you is going to talk about. So this but is again, a sub. You're saying it's a subgenre. I'm saying subgenre because they don't happen anymore. I think the last one you could make an argument for is relatively recent, but it's very rare now. What happened to Disney barroom fights?
0: What do you the mean? The Great Mouse Disney...
1: Detective has one.
0: Oh, I don't know. It's been a long time. I, I can't even there. remember. I, I don't Tangled, remember
1: either. Tangled has one. One, but it oh, still stops it. That's, that's a good that's one. That's the last one I can think of because but I mean the barroom brawl and now in, in in the Great Mouse Detective, it's it's a misdirected retribution, right? In other words, somebody tries to hit Dawson, Dawson moves because he's drunk and he hits somebody else, and that's what starts it. It's somebody's going for vengeance, misses the person they're going for, misdirected retribution. Whatever. Yeah. But there's not. Uh, uh, what happened to Disney having barroom fights in their movies anymore? Now I watched that uh, that uh that Moana and and Kanto enjoyed them, enjoyed them. No barroom fights. <laughs> hmm. I don't know. But I mean, I was because I was sitting there. I'm like, oh, the Great Mouse Detective has a great because it also has uh, "Let Me Be Good to You" lead-in song. Um. And and Chad, why are, why are Disney mice so attractive? That's my point, Chad. Oh uh, God, no. uh, gadget! So yeah, gadget, gadget. There's there's an entire like people talk about Jessica Rabbit, but there's there's an entire subgenre of gadget cosplay that is out there, and I'm always impressed. Is it really? I I, I mean, so you I, can Google I, Rescue it. Rescue Rangers is one of those things
0: I kind of missed. I mean, I watched some of it, but I was um, I, I I aged out.
1: It was not my favorite. I preferred Ducktales, but yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it
2: was. It was DuckTales, Darkwing Duck, and Chippendale Rescue Rangers in that order, but I loved all three, so I can't say
1: Oh it was a Disney animated show. Yeah, of course I watched it. But um but yeah, no, uh but no, yeah, yeah. I mean and by the way, you can Google Gadget Rescue Rangers cosplay. It's not going to bring up anything horrible, at least it never has for me. Uh I don't do it often, so I I'm worried that you all um, be like I'm nothing. looking
2: at it right now and the first thing that came up was Gadget Chippendale Colt. And I don't want to go any further.
1: I don't know what web service you're using. Are you using, using, using that? you Google put "nude" at the web? end of it? Are you no. using that no. Google Dark Web? <laughs> By the way, uh,
2: gadget and the, the Google co- the cosplay for uh, no, not overly
1: attractive, James. No, no, no. But I'm just saying, there's a ton of them out there, and and some of them yeah. are really good. Some of them are. Yeah. I mean, it would be like me cosplaying, folks. Let's face it. I can dress up as whatever I want, but I'm not going to do it. Do it anyway. It doesn't matter if I wear a Star Trek uniform or I wear, you know, the Red Sonya costume that I wear. You know, it's not nobody's going to be
0: impressed. Is it time for me? Because I want to do a twofer because they're the same scene. Back to where we're talking about Western bar fights. They're the same kind of idea, but they're played slightly different. One's a little bit more is a little darker, and the other one's a little more for comedic effect. And the two movies are The Bronx Tale and The Kingsman. Okay? In The okay. Kingsman, Colin Firth, the manners maketh the man, right? And he has the drink, and then he doesn't let him out and beats the shit out of him. Okay? Yeah. The other one is The Bronx Tale. And, oh, my goodness, what is the name of that great actor who plays the the, the Lily? I didn't look it up because I'm just, Chad, you be proud of me. I brought this one from memory. And he basically, it's the same guy that plays Fat Tony on the same. Chaz Palminteri. Chaz Palminteri. He locks the door because the bikers come into the neighborhood bar. And this I knew he was in it, but I don't remember a bar fight with him. I, it's been forever since I saw Brock's tale, but sorry. Didn't and it's here. directed by Robert De Niro. And yeah. basically he comes in, there's these bikers and he's like, oh, okay, give him their drink. Let him, let him be. And they're about to kick him out, and they don't. And then they start causing a problem, and he goes, I asked you to leave, and he doesn't leave. And then he walks over, has the guy lock the door, and he goes, now you can't leave. And it's ominous as shit, Mm -hmm. and you can watch it in their eyes, and then they proceed to get uh, almost killed. Wow, I mean, it's very, very dark. It's the best scene in the movie to me. It's the best scene in the movie. And Chaz Palminteri plays it perfectly. And I love Colin Firth, and I love the Kingsman, especially the first Kingsman. I love that movie. Diminishing Returns to the Sequels, but I love the first one. And that one's just played more for fun. But it's the same thought. Do you understand what I mean, gentlemen? It's the same scene of, yeah. you can't leave now. I guess From Dusk Till Dawn kind of does that as well. Only difference is, is From Dusk Till Dawn, these other, these other people are starting to fight and then they can't leave because they're about to get killed or murdered. From Dusk Till Dawn, they're just there to have a good time. But, so, when you talk about bar fights, ew, I brought them both up because they're polar opposite, because they're on different ends of the spectrum, but they're both the same scene. But I, if I had to pick one, it's... Specifically, when Chaz parliamentary says, "Now you can't leave."
2: Oh, it's my turn. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Um, this I'm is... done talking now. You sorry, can go back but... to listening. <laughs> I'm trying. I was trying to get some. I was while you were talking. I was trying to catch something, and my speakers will not switch over. And I'm sorry if that interrupted the audio. Huh? Anyway, um, Joe, I'm going to steal one. That I hope is not on your list, but since you said you didn't have any, this is one of those ones where I was well, like, "I sh- just
0: did too." But yeah, well, I,
2: I was I was really shocked that this hadn't made your list up until this point.
0: I'm still sick of all these out for justice ones. Keep the going.
2: six minute fifty second bar fight in Hopper.
0: um uh, it's been a long. You mean Hooper? Hooper. Sorry. Okay, there we go. Hooper. <laughs> go. Let's get that one i am that's not having been a, good a long time since i've seen hooper hopper oh really it's been a long time yeah
2: man i saw that i actually watched it this year um, yeah
0: how's it hold up it's still
2: good it's crazy as hell but i still it, it's the truth it, i mean it's about a, a stunt man dealing with his age
0: that's actually the, probably the most biographical movie that he ever made right i'm sure it's probably the closest to him
2: yeah, um, but there is an amazing bar fight. Like I said, that is six minutes and fifty seconds long. And it. Do you remember who's in the bar fight, Joe? Uh, Terry.
0: Um, Terry Bradshaw. Terry Bradshaw. Yeah. Sorry.
2: Um. But yeah, it's 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 all these old these old stuntmen uh in this in in this popular di- uh, dive bar slash restaurant, they meet there every week um and they talk about their exploits they it's like just you know guys reliving war stories and then these these group of out-of-towners of course come in cause uh, causing trouble and he shouldn't Re- be
0: doing that
2: and burt reynolds you know he's trying to to smooth things over trying to make everything nice but then they just won't have it so Bert being burt absolute chaos it happens and the entire bar starts fighting with one another shit's getting ripped up people are getting thrown left and right mm-hmm. it is one of, it's one of those bar scene bar fight scenes that just you're amazed at the spectacle yeah <laughs> and it's uh i i you you have to watch it to see it i mean it's just it's just non-stop insanity for six minutes for almost seven minutes um and, you know, at the end, what's crazy is the end. They have just literally beat the shit out of one another. And then they all just, and and whoever owned, I feel bad for whoever owned that rest bar because it is, it is demolished. And all they do is sit there and laugh and they all, they they suddenly just stop. They all laugh at each other and then they just become all the instant friends again. Yeah. But that opposedly supposedly that's the stunt man life. Go hundred miles an hour, never
0: stop. I mean, that's how I want to live.
1: That's not for me. Yeah, uh, I think maybe good, comfortable pair of shoes, good book to read. I left no, them I'm in Florida.
0: To... Been waiting for them to ship them back. Hmm.
1: <laughs> That's the real bugaboo. All
0: right. Yeah. They're in that Moorhead bag. The one they gave me is they told me to leave. I found uh, out I can't wear sandals.
1: I can't either.
0: Is it because of your pussy pussyfoot? Basically. Look at my open toe shoes. We sure my, see them, lady. The George my, Carlin when, joke. Sorry.
2: When I walk, for some reason my right foot wants to uh turns to the right, which by the way is why I bump into everything, guys. Um uh you
0: before I, you're I
1: constantly I, drunk. Now you're well, way less interested.
2: I got my I got my eyes fixed because my. they told me that's what was causing me to run anything. But well, that's because you
0: got kicked by that uh, niece's <laughs> new mule. Which yeah. <laughs> If you fall out of well, they'll go right back. I'll go right back. Which,
2: which, you know, fixed everything. But then I'm like, and then I was like, great. But now I can't wear, I, I've, I've never been able to wear sandals because my right foot always comes out of the sandal. And then I finally, I, I finally took the time to watch myself. I'm like, wait, I walk all stupid.
0: So they've been you watching go. you for years. I know. And we didn't need to watch you. It. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, uh, don't know what to say right now. Yeah. Seems all kind of awkward. Here, I'll say, it. James. James.
1: Yeah. I, so I there's there's four great barroom fights,
0: and I'm going to do all the, eighteen of them.
1: No, across the show, Babylon five. I'm not going to do all of them. I'm going to do the first one. How come Deep
2: Space Nine never had a?
1: Did they have a bar fight? They did. There's an entire episode that be, begins with O'Brien and Bashir are in jail at the start of the episode. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because there's a fight, they're fighting over labor rights, and Cisco is mad as hell that his officers are in the brig for starting a fight at Quarks. Yeah, there's, oh, actually, there's I've, a couple of them. Yeah, there's I remember that one. Them. There's one where the Klingons stir up trouble too. But, um, all of that being said, and Dax
2: kicks the shit out of them, right? Is that what happens in that one?
1: There's a couple, actually, there is one that's like that. There's a yeah. Um, sorry, we just went full on nerd. No, no. Well, that's an example. And that's why I didn't do Deep Space Nine. There's a couple. But actually, Babylon 5 has one of my favorite scenes of, you talked about the bar being destroyed and feeling helpless. And I know you all haven't watched Babylon 5 in detail or anything, but let me set the scene. So, Ivanova is the basically second in command not to be messed with. And she is in a bar drunk because things have been going really, really bad. And this guy hits on her and she's like, you need to move along. And she's drunk. And he won't stop. So he per- she proceeds to just basically start to wail on him. Well, then his buddies come along and be like, you can't do that to him. You're going to hurt him. She basically beats all of them down because they keep saying, oh, well, they try to take her one at a time because they're trying to be gentlemen. <laughs> and she beats them all down. And then finally, the chief of security, which is on the show is Garibaldi, shows up. And somebody's like, are you going to arrest her? And his response before it cuts is, no, I want to live. And it's one of the greatest scenes where he realizes, A, she's the second in command, but B, she has waylaid all these other people and he knows it doesn't matter what title he has. He is not going to step into that. He's just going to let it play out. It is a cool bar fight scene. Has the hashtag girl power. Uh, But also... Ivanova is just one of the most fascinating characters ever, because she also has one of my favorite lines on the show, where somebody's trying to do intimidation, and and you know, the other we're gonna if you don't do this we're gonna attack, and she goes you're not gonna do that, and they do the entire line of oh no we sure you we will, and who are you to tell us we won't. I'm Susan Ivanova, daughter of blah, blah. That's the name of her entire family. And it finally ends with, and I'm the last living person you will ever see if you do not stand down. And so she's just a fascinating character that is also really nuanced as the show goes on. But it is one of the greatest bar fight scenes, especially in an early early season of a show. So yeah, Babylon 5 has, like I said, four of them across the show. All of them are really interesting. One of them is... Uh, the guy, it, it cuts away because he goes in the bar and, he, and he's looking for information. His character's name is Marcus. I think it's in the third season. And he says, you all have 10 minutes to tell me what I want to know or nobody else will be left standing. And then basically it shows 10 minutes later and everybody's down. And he goes, now I've got to wait for people to wake up to interrogate. Them. So it's uh, Babylon 5 was a different show than obviously Star Trek. It was not Star Trek. It was. They're much more nuanced, and and somebody summed it up best once as "It's sort of Lord of the Rings in space." Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of juxtaposition. Babylon Five is shockingly the fifth station; all the other ones have failed. This is the last chance, and then a war breaks out. That's the plot to to Babylon Five. The first season is all about we're trying to make this work. By the third season, the war is going on, and it's we're just trying to we're the last shot of peace. Uh, because it's supposed to be neutral territory. Anyway, so yeah, but it's got a great bar fight scene. So for neutral territory and peace, it has a lot of fights.
0: Okay. Yeah. My turn.
1: Sure. Yeah. Your sure. turn. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I combine those to share.
0: May I? Well, there's a special rung in hell for those that would ruin good scotch. If I'm going to go out, I'm going to go out speaking the kings inglorious bastards i'm actually shocked now that one of you all said
1: that. Hey, it was actually going to be my third but i'm glad you did it
0: now i skipped a few lines in between i just wanted to put those together i wasn't very familiar with michael fassbender actually fassbender Fossbender is the... yeah right it,
1: he, this is what gives him away right
0: this is what gives him away
1: because it would be
0: yeah yeah it would be this because i can't even do that so i'd be totally screwed my yeah. fingers don't even do that mm. <clears throat> but yeah that's what gives him away is the number three the way he does three and it is not only a really good movie where Tarantino rewrites the ending of World War II, but it introduced me to Michael Fassbender. Even though he's in 300 beforehand, I just, it's a fantastic performance. And it he has that great, if I'm going well, to go he, out, I'm, huh? He's in, uh, is he in, isn't he in Saving Private Ryan for like a brief moment? Maybe, but I don't remember him. I don't remember him from 300 really that much, as much as I remember him from that, if I'm going to go out. I'm oh, God, go out. yeah. Speaking of kings, right? Yeah, and that barroom fight is mostly talking up until the end, it just builds and builds and builds until there's a god, there is no one who does. Chad and I think talked about this when we saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, in the theater at the end there is no one who does that quick i shouldn't say quick who builds and builds and builds and builds that pressure and then lets gives you that for lack of a better word you're talking about orgasm or the just that let off of the steam that just lets you no one does that better in cinema today than tarantino that release that gives you that release like oh my god i've had an experience who does that better are either one of you paying attention to me right now? Chad's off in the corner and James, I can't hear.
1: I'm muted. Sorry. Uh, yeah, no, I am. You're right. Well, it's. I'll be honest. I was saying about the this. cathartic other day,
0: release. No one in, in, and I never go to a movie. Only,
1: the only other person. And he does not do it as consistently, but I will. I agree. Credit. Steven
0: Spielberg shit. What I meant.
1: Uh, right. Um. <laughs> uh The only other person that that occasionally came close. I was, uh, I is, was wrong. He
2: was not in uh, Saving Private Ryan. Sorry, I cut you off. That, is, that was helpful. Uh, he was in Band of Brothers. That's what I got.
0: A, to, there, there yeah. you go, James. Uh, is is, the one is, time I want to early hear guy Richie.
1: Early guy Richie. Guy Richie. In in like clock stock, and two Spong and barrels. There's a couple scenes that come it's very nice. close. But, nah, that was post that,
0: but post that, nothing. I mean, Tarantino consistently that catharsis of at the end, you're going to... And it's not necessarily everybody gets their comeuppance. I mean, of course they do in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He just has a really good way of building and then pshush, explode. Yeah. I, 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 to, I, I know, truthfully, I know he's a great writer. And is he Ridley Scott? Is he Christopher Nolan? Probably not. But I don't know that the man's ever got credit for the filmmaker he is. No. It's like the writing out of it as a director he is. And I, and by the way, I don't know that if I spent an hour with Tarantino, I wouldn't try to murder him. However, there'd just be, that's too much of whatever he has and whatever I have. I get it. But I may mean, love him. I have no idea. We make it along great. After I told him that, he'd probably like me because it blow up his ego. But it's true. I don't think Tarantino ever got... He gets credit for writing. His Oscars are all for writing. I don't think he's ever gotten credit for the filmmaker he is. Mm-hmm. Just does. I agree. Yeah, no, I agree. Alright. Who's next? Uh, I'll go. I'm not doing too bad considering I don't... didn't It It, it was kind of a pull. <laughs> Um,
2: I am going to choose one that is not, it's more, I, I, I don't know what it is, but I, you know, I've been doing, you know, kind of more on the, uh, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. I've lost my train of thought, uh, the rock, the rundown, Yeah. uh, the very beginning of the movie mm-hmm. where he fights the entire D, uh front offensive line of this football team in a club, because their quarterback owes uh, this mob guy money, um, and he won't pay it. And The Rock goes up nicely, and uh, the guy disrespects him, and he comes back and beats the living shit out of everyone. It is a great scene. Honestly, it's the it's still to this day. I, I, I'm i sure there's plenty of people who would argue with me. I still think it's The Rock's best movie. Yeah, you know,
0: Dwayne Johnson's best movie. Is you the think rundown. so? I haven't watched it in a long time. It's actually one of the best. <laughs> Truthfully, it's one of the best Christopher Walken performances. Yeah.
2: I mean, it's Sean William Scott, Everybody, Rosaria Dawson.
0: Yeah. We just call uh, them nuts.
2: Er, Ernie Reyes Jr. I mean, everybody in that movie. Oh, my God. I I can never remember the actor's name. Spud from Train Spotting. He's great in it. I forgot
0: he was in it. I haven't seen it in years, Chad. I probably haven't seen that in over 10 years.
2: I watched it. Uh, I showed the girls about two months ago, and they loved it uh because they were they're really into indiana jones and i was out of the top of my head i'm like well if you like indiana jones you'll like this and they loved it so
0: i couldn't get (laughs) him to set through indiana jones but damned if i didn't get him to set through the two mummy movies my
2: girls they love the mummy movies and they loved all every single uh indiana jones movie even crystal skull they go they even said daddy why don't you like that movie that much (laughs) i just there's some things i just can't forgive (laughs)
1: You know, actually my and kids can't enjoyed forgive it. your
2: kids for
0: liking it. No, my kids they...
1: enjoyed uh because I made them watch them all before we went to see Dial of Destiny. And my kids enjoyed it, but even because we watched them more or less back to back, probably over two days, but and they were like ah, that the their my my children's review was that was entertaining, but it doesn't fit with the rest.
2: They liked it better than um Temple of Doom. And I'm like, what? what's wrong with my kids? <laughs> but they have their opinions and they, we talked about it and I'm like, I see your points. They're valid. Well, they're wrong, I, but they're.
1: Well, no, and that's the entire thing, right? There's, there's stuff that I still enjoy that I enjoyed when I was younger and I still enjoy it today, partially out of nostalgia, partially because it reminds me of where I was when I watched it, who I was with, et cetera, et cetera. And it was with nobody. Cause I lived a lonely childhood, but thanks for bringing it up, Chad. I'll just, hang myself
2: anytime <laughs> but no, uh, the rundown it is a great bar fight scene um again it's just it's it's poetry in motion the way he kicks those guys asses i'm sorry mm-hmm. but it is i mean it, it's it's one it's one of those action scenes that i hadn't seen something like that in a while it it kind of mirrors a little bit of what became john wick uh in that those types of fighting styles um, so, oh. I, yeah, I just really liked the rundowns bar scene. And oh. what do you got,
0: man?
1: I'm going to absolutely cheat because I wish it would have been in a bar. You've been cheating on me
0: for years, you cheat. And, by, and uh,
2: by the way, there's still one that I don't know why you all haven't mentioned yet. Uh, and if you did mention it, I'm going to apologize, but I'm pretty sure we haven't mentioned it yet. But it's uh, an honorable mention.
1: Well, I want to bring one up, and it's technically not in a bar, but it might as well have been. So I'm going to use it anyway. And oddly enough, I just mentioned Guy Ritchie. Pretty much any scene with the coach from The Gentleman is great. But his fight scene in the diner. Yeah. That includes the line, you brush your teeth with like cat urine. <laughs> uh, it, it's a great scene. It's uh, Colin Farrell, right? Yeah. man, Plays I, coach, I and love that a, movie. There's an entire scene where four guys, he's in a diner. And these guys start to give him trouble. One of them even pulls a gun on him. And if you watch it, it's a great bar fight scene style thing. But there's something really notable about it. He's beating these guys down. But watch his hands. They're open. He never makes a fist. He smacks them. He's just slapping. Like he slaps the gun away from him. He uses condiments (laughs) to spray in their eyes. He's just slapping them. He is humiliating them. They have weapons. They pull a knife. They pull a gun. And he's like, "I don't care." And he, and honestly, it's it's the fight scene that I wish we would have got to see Colin Farrell do as Bullseye in the Daredevil movie. <laughs> it really no. is. Watch you it got to see him and flick and like tell a peanut
2: me... in an old lady's mouth on an airplane.
1: Yeah, tell tell me that doesn't work though. It's so it's it again. It's technically in a diner, but it's just too close to a bar fight scene. Not to mention, the gentleman doesn't get a lot of attention. It's not known as one of Guy Ritchie's best. Ge- yeah, and I
0: don't know why. I love I that liked film. the gentleman.
1: I, yeah, I've got it on DVD.
0: It's uh, it's I right know, up there with Snatch and Lockstock.
1: It's a return to that kind of filmmaking. Yeah. To I, me. liked, I mean, I, I know- liked
0: uh, I liked Matthew McConaughey in it. Yeah, I, did too. I
1: know you all prefer Swept Away, but I'm defending the gentleman here uh, because it's it was it felt like a return to me. And by the way, I like Guy Ritchie's films in general. I make jokes about Swept Away. It's the one I haven't seen. But the point being, I've seen the other ones. and I've I never haven't seen, seen them all. I've never yeah. seen a Guy Ritchie film that I walked away from and went, oh, I, I regret watching that at all. The gentleman's
0: right? Ooh, the best James, movie he's seen.
2: James, have you seen King Arthur? it's yeah. pretty bad
0: oh yeah. man that's yeah it. well here's here's to the me thing it's that... almost unwatchable uh, i agree with joe
1: i i enjoy king arthur the same way i enjoy um who I directed think of extraordinary the... gentleman no who directed robin hood with uh Russell ridley Bray? scott ridley scott the same way i enjoy as a as an idea of what could have been there i'll go along for the ride and don't get me wrong i actually <laughs> enjoyed ridley scott's robin i wondered what it could have been this is you completely the backstory on that but anyway yeah
0: this, well, was this was is completely about
2: the sheriff this yeah. is completely off topic of of anything we're discussing but since he just mentioned it james uh thoughts on the uh the uh oh elton john guys uh robin hood
1: oh is that um is that the one with uh uh
2: jamie fox
1: Okay, the this is a true story. My son, much like me, because I loved Robin Hood, the Robin Hood mythos as a kid. Like, I, I have, my mom still has. Taryn a, Egerton. Sorry. Yeah. I it, have so. about 15 different versions of the book from when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I loved the Robin Hood myth. My son, it turns out, inherited that and I didn't know it, but he saw that. Now, Chad, keep in mind, he saw it and literally we were checking out at Meyer or Walmart and they had it on an end cap. And he goes, Dad, it's a Robin Hood movie. And I literally just went, "How much is it?" And he goes, "It's Blu-ray and it's five bucks." And I'm like, "Let's get it." And we watched it. Now, Ugh. was it? Did it redefine the genre of of Robin Hood? No, I think
0: I may have seen parts of it. It's it's terrible.
1: I don't know. As, I, I don't know if it's as terrible now. as some other versions are. Oh
0: no no no. It, it,
2: it's bad. I kind,
1: of, I kind of enjoyed what they tried to do, and I say tried to do with Jamie Foxx's character.
2: They tried to turn him into a superhero and make it an expanded universe. And it's,
1: it's, it's the Matrix. Bare, it's, it's the bare Matrix bare with Robin real. Hood. Oh,
0: like It God. wants
1: to be, I'm sorry, it wants to be the Matrix with Robin Hood.
0: Oh, but, just, you know, and
1: we've talked about how we're all tired of Robin Hood, right?
0: Right.
1: Re- yeah, Re- that's one of those um, ones
2: I wish would go away him and Peter Pan.
1: Uh, but I was saying the other day, and I know I don't, I don't want us to ever lose a future guest because of what I say. Because there's parts of it that I did enjoy, just like there's parts of that Robin Hood I enjoyed. I enjoyed watching with my son. I enjoyed that he enjoyed. It.
0: I get that. Yeah,
1: but he, I get um,
2: that. I get that too. If my kids would have watched it and liked it, I would have been in right in there with it. But I watched it by myself, and I was like, man, this is man.
0: unfortunately sixty or seventy percent of what we watch. We both roll our eyes on the same shit. So. <laughs> Well, no, I'm assuming I mean, you all experience the same thing. I yes. don't know. I don't know. But yeah, it's, it's like no, he it's... and I have both never finished. Um, oh, hell, I don't know that we both never finished The Little Mermaid, the new one.
1: Oh, I, I thought you were going to say Citizen and He rolls his eyes. He goes, this movie, it's just. But, well, he stuff. called
0: it pretentious. <laughs> <laughs> he, he said, the, what, a slightest is fucking armchair psychology. <laughs> and I was like, where did you hear that, you little shit? <laughs> from oh, you, I got it from you. From you. And if we hugged,
1: <laughs> um, I, oh, oh, and I've got an how, honorable mention too. If how Chad many, do it later how But anyway, many, yeah.
0: How so many
2: I, marijuana cigarettes did that one PS, PSA save people from smoking? <laughs> Thank God that commercial exists. Yeah, where did that come from? <laughs> because you said i learned it from you
0: oh i was actually you know that's funny you were doing that you're quoting that and i got it from uh, a cabin in the woods when they are fake arguing she goes i learned Uh it from you it runs i just think it's a great one i just i never connected that that's where she stole it from (laughs) Jeff. so that's funny just where jeff burr probably stole it all from carrot (laughs) top and we're back so thank you so much for tuning in this week to bonehead weekly
1: um yes james uh, You got one more there, Joe? The only
0: last one I want to say is Back to the Future 3, the bar fight. And because there is either a fight in, you know, in Back to the Future 2, it's in the Pepsi pub. Yeah. And in the back, you know, I just think the the bar fight and kind of encapsulate those in the Westerns and all the other ones And, and with the spittoon on top of his head, it's fun. Is it the best one? No, that one's more of me just pulling something out and referring to because there's a lot of ones we haven't talked about like i, I think we're going to get crap for Did I, I know we mentioned roadhouse but we really didn't talk about roadhouse yeah, yeah we didn't really I, talk about terminator 2
2: uh yeah but honestly in terms of roadhouse roadhouse is good for what it is but the bar fight scenes are kind of lame in my
0: opinion compared to all the ones that were on my list and the last one I would say we never really talked about uh and I don't even remember the scene, but it's on a ton of lists, and I'll drop it at that. And I'm not gonna say it. I don't have any honorable mentions as uh I really don't think you I really don't think you mentioned the one that I am shocked at either. Oh, one of you I've got an honorable Goodwill you... hunting is on a lot of lists. Uh, yeah, I don't see it as an actual bar room brawl. Yeah. yeah. So what's
1: mm-hmm. what's uh, your honorable mention, Chad? I want to see if you take mine. Okay,
2: so and you all may go Chad we talked about this in the first episode but I really don't uh, I do want to quickly mention one Dukes of Hazard love yeah, that bar fun. fight scene in Dukes of Hazard I still say the, the movie show fun.
1: had a ton of them the
0: boars yeah, yeah. boars nest yeah
2: yeah the movies the the movie's fun um Donnie Yen in The Ice Man uh, I love Donnie Yen I watch him most I like a lot of his movies but his uh, the bar fight scene in The Ice Man is Either
0: one can't see for shit yeah. Okay. <laughs> the the
2: force is with me.
0: I like um, him in John Wick 4.
2: Yeah, um but Still uh, wicked I didn't realize he played he was blind in uh Rebel uh Rogue One and he's blind in that movie too.
0: Cuz he's blind.
2: Yeah. Not in real life. He's not? No. Shit. I don't sell the two movies I know Boy, him from. He's blind as fuck in both of them. He played Ip Man like in a
1: bunch of movies.
0: In, I never seen movie, it, man.
1: What were those movies called, Chad? Oh my where god! Where he
0: plays Hitman? What were those films called? Where were called? those movies what? called?
1: <laughs>
0: Donnie Yen, man, is he's Donnie he's, Yen, man.
2: No, Donnie Yen has a lot of movies under his belt. You should check out some of his work. It's it's great. But I, no, every um, time
0: I do, he's over looking over there. I don't know where he's looking.
2: <laughs> but here's the one that I really don't think can't you can fight John Wick that way. And I'm stunned. And I'm sorry if we didn't mention it in episode one. What?
0: Did either of you mention Blazing Saddles? No, but I never think of it as like a barroom fight. It, to me, it's more of, and you're absolutely right. It, it kind of starts there. Hold on. I there's the, the other bar fight where Mongo. Yeah, I mean, Mongo there's all kind
1: of.
0: But that just, he kind of walks in, telegram for Mongo. Uh, there, yeah, but, but still, he's beating the, the, up the, other people. Right? And the, the, the final been scene? is in a bar i mean they they it's, it's all a, over the studio it's it goes all over all the, way the, studio. To the it goes all the way to the yeah i don't know i just never think of that one as a i if all you would right. talk to me about the greatest fight scenes i would have thrown it in there but i yeah. don't think of it that way but yeah when i just
2: kept I, waiting for you all to say one of you to go blazing saddles blazing saddles i'm like
0: if you could talk of, especially if you would have said the best fight scenes that break the fourth wall that's number one what? yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> there's no but no yeah it just i i had it on my list from day one and i'm like i'm not going to do it because joe or james is going to take it so i'll just do these other ones and then <laughs> here we are part three the final episode i'm like they're still not mentioning blazing that i'm
1: mm-hmm. amazed you haven't mentioned one that i was going to mention because i literally thought now chad's going to take maybe
0: one. i'm amazed at the way but, you love so me home.
1: before you say this final pick i do want to
2: say yeah what one of the things that inspired me to for this topic and why it just kept going in my head and I kept coming up with more and more on this list and why I thought we, we got three parts out of this is there's one movie We're that sorry, I am, audience. there's one movie about with a bar fight scene and it's, it involves a really amazing shot of somebody getting the bottle broken over their head and I can see it in my mind. But the faces are blurred and everything else about it is gone, and I'm like, I want to know what movie that is because I'm still pissed that I didn't couldn't think of it for the the three episodes.
0: I don't know that doesn't. Unfortunately, you're not narrowing it down. I know I'm not, and that's all I have is just one
2: scene of the guy of somebody getting a bottle broken over their head and maybe some kind of blue tint, which could be
0: thousands of movies. Exactly, Mm -hmm.
2: and it's not a Michael Mann film. Fuck him and his blue (laughs) tint.
0: James, Michael James. Mann is outside of the woods in Oregon right now in a blue tent. Going, I don't know what I did to Chad Jennings. I pissed off the rest of Hollywood, but Chad wasn't in Hollywood. He's as far as fuck from Hollywood as he could be. Fuck Chad Jennings. James, i sitting is... here in my blue tent and fuck Chad Jennings. <laughs> what is it? What's the, uh, one that you- the the couple that I
1: will mention very briefly is one of the best bar fight between two Girl Scouts occurs in airplane.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, Actually, yeah. an airplane bar fight. I I would make an argument is pretty cool. That's the funniest. That may be the funniest bar fight. Yeah. That that now I'm upset with myself that I didn't think of that one.
1: Um, but actually one of my all time favorite bar fights, and I uh, again, Chad, I'm I'm amazed you didn't name it because I thought you would, and if you did, and I've just forgotten, forgive me. Speaking of a a scene where a bottle is broken over somebody's head, it's one of my favorite lines of all time because our hero breaks a bottle over someone's head and the person just turns around and he says, Oh, I'm sorry. I I was just looking for the rest of this bottle. Oh, some of it's over there. Some of it's over there. (laughs) While the dulcet tones of... Pina, the pina colada song is playing because he meant to play street fighting man i'm talking about dirty. of course dirty work with norm mcdonald i did not bring it up and i forgot all about it which I has feel like some an of an my asshole. favorite lines for bar fight ever but when norm <laughs> mcdonald breaks that bar bottle over the guy's head and it doesn't <laughs> knock him out he just turns around and he, he's getting ready to hit him and he goes i am learned for the rest of this bottle or <laughs> some of it some of over there and Chris Farley literally goes to put something on the jukebox that would be appropriate for fighting and he hits the wrong button and starts to play the pina colada song
2: he goes he disc hits. seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: it's it's one of my favorite bar fight scenes in a comedy ever because nothing goes right and if you don't if you've never seen Dirty Work A it was directed by Bob Saget Norm Macdonald we lost both of them go watch the movie But it also has a great scene because it turns out this bar fight doesn't go well for our heroes. And if you know anything about the film, sorry, Chad.
2: I just want to say, we lost Norm. We lost Saget. We lost Rickles. And Artie Lang is still living.
1: And Chris Farley. Chris Farley's in this movie. And Chris Farley's gone too. And Artie Lang still survives.
0: Well, Chris yeah, Farley did a lot gone. of drugs too. Let's not just
2: no, no. But I'm just saying no. But uh, well, we know, but I don't think he did
1: it at Arnie Lang's left. Um,
0: are you saying he's not as good? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, not now. He can't yeah. do anything. Um, but anyway, uh, my favorite part about that the the reason this bar fight is different than the other ones. Usually, our heroes win the bar fights. They lose. This fratern these fraternity guys, beat the living daylights out of him. And then that, and the reason. So basically, the plot to the movie is Norm MacDonald and Artie Lang start this revenge company where they'll get revenge on people who have wronged you. And one of the ways that they get revenge on the fraternity is they call the fraternity and go, hey, we're the brothers of whatever, some other fraternity. We just want to let you know, a bunch of people are going around pretending to be cops. Don't let them into your house. They're not really cops. Oh, thanks for letting us know, man. And then literally, he just hangs up the phone and dials. And his next words are, Hello, real cops. We'd like to report a disturbance. And he sends the real police. And of course they don't think they're the real police. And the police beat the living daylights out of him. It's 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 a, it's not the best comedy ever, but I never not enjoy it just for Norm McDonald's deadpan responses. Like at there's a point where he's the, the his his love interest is standing there and he goes, Ah, oh, you know, I got stuff to do too. I gotta go lift weights. And then he stops and he actually mounts lift weights <laughs> because it's the stupidest line he could have had. It, it, but it's one of the best bar fights. If you've not seen the bar fight scene, literally, you can just Google or not Google, go to YouTube, search dirty work bar fight. You'll get to see Chris Farley and Norm and and the fight and all its glory. It's a great scene.
0: All right. There's others,
1: but I think I think three episodes we've covered quite a yeah, bit. We've if covered we enough. your favorite one off. Uh, let us know in the comments and start your own podcast.
0: Yeah, yeah. Why don't you just go have a big bowl of socket? Oh, yes. Uh,
1: I I need to add one more. I almost forgot because it's one of the it's one of the only times it occurs in the franchise. And I mentioned Indiana Jones in one of our previous episodes. I'll lose my geek card. And I I mentioned Star Trek. I'll lose my geek card though because probably my other favorite franchise of all time is James Bond, and we get one of the best bar fight scenes. In James Bond, in one of the best, uh, one of the most underrated bonds, Timothy Dalton, License to Kill has a great. I agree part. with that. Yep. It's yeah. and usually, it's very, you know, Bond is neat and tidy. It is not a neat and tidy bar fight. Check it out. dude
2: gets ate by a shark.
1: Yeah. I want to do the, the I want to do Dave Chappelle suing Samuel Jack. The shark ate me. He
0: ate half of
1: me. He ate half of me.
0: And with that, we bid you a fondue. Fondue. This has been Bonehead. <laughs>